Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. is the main event marks podcast brought to you by belly up unhinged radio network sports i'm your first host lifelong wrestling fan former radio guy cat dad and the video gamer who puts the dull ass in the assassin's creed i am troy and with me as always is the main event collector and figure hunting warrior he is the wcw watcher of classic wrestling and the ddp to my lex luger this is greg what's up greg no, that's why I said see self high five, but I'm on here with as a duo, so it makes no sense, right? Uh, yeah. Well, you high five me, and then you high five yourself. So it's a no. You attempt to high five you, and then you shut you out, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you pull it back, and then high five yourself. Yeah, something like that. And then I can't take my shirt off. Like I, I try, but then I struggle and I lose the fight. Holy hell! <laughs> You've seen that clip, right? I yeah yeah of course. <laughs> if nobody knows what I'm talking about, you just throw it in your Google machine. I don't know what the hell it's called, but like it's Lex Luger versus a shirt and Lex Luger loses. That's all I'm going to say. Lost to a shirt. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, uh, it's something. But either way, this is double main event week, man, which means today we are starting our double dose of WCW. Today we bring you, well, both of these shows were picked by you. This first one is the Clash of the Champions 35. There are a couple significant things from this one. The first one is that it's the very last Clash of the Champions ever to take place for WCW. The second one is that it's the NWO's birthday. So happy birthday, New World Order. I mean, sure. You know, it's a little late, but yeah. <laughs> well, they celebrate their birthday. And what's funny is they have a birthday celebration. Yay! Happy birthday, NWO! Hollywood's not there. Well, was, bigger... Wasn't in the contract, brother. Flash <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, of the Champions. Hmm. That doesn't work for me, brother. Uh, Which is funny, because when he debuted, he was on, like, all of them. Yeah. He, uh, well, you know, he, he got worn out at Sturgis. He needed some, some uh, well-deserved R&R. <sighs> man, I don't know. But what's funny is that 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 show that I just referenced, Sturgis, Road Wild, that took place right before this show. The show we're actually covering on Friday is the Nitro that takes bef- takes place before that pay-per-view. So we're going back in time for that Nitro. I think that <laughs> so, pay-per-view is in the archives, right? Is it? Uh, no, we did not cover Road Wild 97. We covered Road Wild 90. Is that the last one? 99? 99 was the last one, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's right, because 2000 was the epic, amazing New Blood Rising. <sighs> now in the archives, by the way. I don't even know if you said that was straight face or not. 
I, I, hey, I kept my cool. All right. <laughs> Vince Russo strikes again. Anyway, uh, probably one yeah. of Tony Schiavone's best lines ever. <laughs> Most definitely. This is our first year since we started the podcast. By the way, now that I think about it, where we're not covering a Road Wild. Darn, oh. breaking the tradition. Damn us, Greg. I, I quit the show. <laughs> damn us to hell. I've I've lost my objectivity, and I don't give a damn. <laughs> uh, uh. Shut up. <laughs> well, while while WWE was busy running their ugh, SummerSlam, we got a real pay-per-view with WCW in Sturgis. Are you done? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Oh, I'm choking myself up over here. You couldn't here. even get that crap out. <laughs> I, I couldn't. <laughs> that show was awful. Uh, we're going to talk about it in the news and notes, by the way. Uh, but yeah, so oh, either way. thank you, God. I was worried we weren't. You're, you better be thinking, God. He brought us this. All right? This is a gift from the Lord. <laughs> Double uh, dose of WCW this week on Double Main Event Week. This one came from down south, but you go on. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Lord of Darkness, whatever. Uh, the Deep South, but yeah. <laughs> the Lord, the Devil, whatever, you know, one of them. But either way, uh, before we get into the news and notes, by the way, which there is quite a bit I do want to talk about, uh, some some big stuff, some funny stuff, uh, and all that in between. But first, time out here real quick to let you know that the main event, Marks, is sponsored by Swift Lifestyles. They are clean energy drinks and focus enhancers great tasting vitamins and big brain nootropics that are made and shipped from the USA. Go to swiftlifestyles.com and use our special promo code main event marks, all one word to get 15% off your order. It's main event marks, all one word to get 15% off your order at checkout. But now we're going to take our first break. And when we come back, it's news and notes time right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Get ready to rumble in your new main event marks merchandise. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, masks, hats, stickers, pins, and much more on our Redbubble store. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com. You can also pick up some awesome clothing items with the latest updated show graphics on our Bonfire store. That's bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Support your favorite retro wrestling podcast and pick up some cool swag on our Bonfire and Redbubble stores. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com and bonfire.com slash store Slash main event marks. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. If you're looking for your next new truck, trust Rush Truck Centers, the nation's largest commercial vehicle dealer network. 
Rush Truck Centers has trucks in stock throughout the country, including heavy, medium, and light-duty work vehicles. Plus, they offer a wide range of programs that help coordinate, monitor, and expedite vehicle service and repairs throughout their qualified service facilities. Check out their online inventory today at RushTruckCenters.com. That's RushTruckCenters.com. Expect more from Rush Truck Centers. Please speak to your Rush Truck Centers representative for further details. By God, somebody's interrupting the main event, Marks. Sit down, JR. It's just me, Kyle Sullivan, a.k.a. Shaggy Von Doom, your host of Here in Puckburg on the Hockey Podcast Network. I know, a hockey show on the main event, Marks. Who would have thought? This is an invasion angle. Somewhere between the Nexus and when WCW tried to invade WWE, you know, somewhere in there. But I'm over here just telling you that one half of your tag team champions over here, Greg... He told his story of his love for the game of hockey over on my show. And if you'd like to hear that story, all you have to do is search here in Puckburg, wherever you get your podcast, or on YouTube. In the meantime, Shagamania's got to go run wild on some other hockey show. So, just remember, quote the Raven, nevermore. Take your vitamins, say your prayers, and oh yeah! Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. Hold up. Real quick, we want to let you know that the main event marks is sponsored by Shocked Energy. Shocked Energy is a healthier alternative to traditional energy drinks that gives the energy that gamers need while in a long session without skimping on their health. Their products come in a powder form and you mix them into water. You can either choose from green apple or watermelon. You can also try both if you get their sample kit. Use our special link that is down in the podcast description, or you can simply go to shockedenergy.com at checkout. Use the promo code main event, all one word, to save 10% on your order. That's promo code main event, and you're going to save 10% at checkout. News and notes here. WCW's Road Wild pay-per-view was a roll tide. Uh, Not about the pay-per-view, about the cracking of the uh, can. It's five o'clock somewhere, dude. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Well, you might... You might need a good uh, frothy alcoholic beverage for this. Well, this is uh, this is like uh, caffeinated, like it's coffee, but like highly caffeinated. So yeah, that's good enough. Well, Let's you might want to make this. Well, you might want to make that Irish for this. <laughs> WCW's Road Wild pay per view was a very bad show, but the reason no. why? <laughs> no, I know. Oh my god, I can't believe you just said that. I'm my mind shocked is shocked. <laughs> We're already. We're already delving huh. into to bull crap, but whatever. <laughs> but the reason why is a real story. It all comes down to backstage maneuvering from wrestlers with creative control and big egos. It started with Scott Hall and Kevin Nash complaining that there have been too many title changes lately, which may be true. However, there were three title changes scheduled that night, and months of booking had been planned in advance for storylines coming out of those title changes. All three title changes were scrapped, and now months of booking plans are ruined because of it. The finish was changed the night before Hall and Nash were supposed to drop the tag titles to the Steiner brothers. Hmm. That doesn't seem suspicious at all. I sense Uh, sarcasm, but go on. (laughs) 
<laughs> and the cruiserweight and TV titles didn't change hands as planned either. This caused them to scramble to come up with new finishes to all the matches at the last minute, most of which were bad. However, they did keep the plan to have Lex Luger drop the WCW title back to Hulk or Hollywood Hogan. Only oh, five shocker. I know. Uh, who would have thunk it? Only five days after winning it on Nitro, and three guesses on whose decision that was. <laughs> uh, spoiler as to the main event of next week, or excuse me, this Friday's show. Uh, in the end, it left the Steiners, Chris Jericho, and others feeling lied to because they were told they were winning titles, only to have it snatched away at the last minute. It also completely neutered Terry Taylor as the booker because he had written weeks of TV and house show bookings based around these title changes, and Hall, Nash, and Hogan basically ripped it all up and threw it in his face. Again, man, I am just so shocked. I know. First of all, I said Terry Taylor, so that calls for a... Oh, oh. I missed that. I'm sorry. I'm sleeping this week. Sorry. <laughs> That's fine. That's my cue. <laughs> I had to get no, one pissed, in. No, I'm pissed on myself. But go on. <laughs> But, I really yeah, I missed that. I'm, I'm mad I missed that. Well, Scott Hall, uh, I, I don't know if Scott Hall personally disliked Terry Taylor or whatever, but there's always that famous line uh, that I think Scott Hall admitted that he said that to Chris Jericho when he was pissed off one time where he was like, oh, I'll kill that little Terry Taylor push you got going on there. <laughs> and I don't know. Uh, if that was his call for Jericho, I mean, that's a pretty good call, wouldn't you say? I mean, hey, not Jericho I mean, now. Back then, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, man. Hey, Jericho, uh, or uh, excuse me, Terry, uh, Terry Taylor was, you and I always talk about he never really got the credit he probably deserved, but a lot of that, I feel, was self-inflicted wounds. Oh, I was going to say, it may be from him. I don't know. From many people have said he's kind of a dick, but. Yeah. I excuse mean, me. A Richard. I uh, Richard, I mean, I wasn't there. I don't like to sit there and say that's that's the gospel. I wasn't there. I don't know. I think I think he had. I don't want to be one of those. A, but. I, I think he flat out admitted to being a big Richard, not knowing when to shut the f up. So I mean, coming from the Roosters, he's doing, mouth. Fine. He's doing fine now in NXT, so he's good. Oh, he is in NXT. Okay, mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. He's, I, I, he's one of the young up and comers here. Yeah. Hey, man! If you if anybody, <laughs> oh, good lord! If anybody watches any of his stuff. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody watches any of his old stuff from back in the old uh, Crockett days or Mid-South days, I think, or not Mid-South, uh, I think Mid, Mid-Atlantic, I think I can't remember, one of the Could mid, have been all whatever. of them, I, I think it was the South, though. Yeah, it was a, it was a combo, whatever. Uh, but the old days, he, he was damn good, man. You and I commented that there was a match he had with Nikita Koloff where he made Nikita Koloff look less terrible, and that was an accomplishment. And that's like some Cesaro heavy lifting right there, man. Yeah, such an epic Hammer Bianca Belair, only they could look like that. <laughs> right. <It's> just... <laughs> oh, man. Now, one positive note from Road Wild is that the crowd wasn't nearly as racist as they were the last time WCW was in Sturgis, which Uncle Dave says voted well. Oh, they probably well. only dropped about seven N-bombs this time. Okay, cool. You know, not like 700. Cool. Yeah, right. Which uh, Uncle Dave says voted well for Harlem Heat. There you go. That's exactly where I got it from Booker T's podcast. It's like, man, it's like he said he's been called uh, names before, but out there he thought he was going to be killed. Well, all wasn't he it? did was walk out and have black skin. That's all he did. 
Well, wasn't it uh, Rey Mysterio versus Ultimo Dragon, where during the whole match they just chanted USA? Yeah. Which, by the way, I realized that Mysterio's heritage is Mexican, but he was born in San Diego, California, USA. So, eh, whatever. It's just even even so. I'm not. Like, I'm not gonna. I'm not defending it. Please don't think that. It's like, what did you expect in Sturgis during the biggest biker rally? Like of the year, or like ever. What did yeah. you expect? I know. Well, Eric Bischoff says that's not a thing, and that's all made up. Even though we can. Oh yeah. Who are you? Look, I love anybody who listens to the podcast long enough knows I'm a huge Eric Bischoff mark. But seriously, like, who are you going to believe, Easy E or your lion ears? <laughs> I just ugh, come um. on. like. That's another one. Like, Rey Mysterio was a babyface. I can't remember Ultimo at the time if he was babyface or heel. He, he was always in between, so who knows? Yeah, so either way. But all they did was walk the hell out, have a have a good match, and get USA chanted at them from the very beginning. Like, we don't want to see these guys. They're brown. Or, you know, various not shades of white. Like, what the are hell, there, man? Are, are there no Mexican or black bikers with these things? I I don't know I I don't I'm really asking. I well, uh, they, is to, it really a pro white crowd? That's the confusing part because I've got something about that coming up here at the end here, which kind of I was like, uh, okay, give, but yeah, here, <laughs> give, give me a minute on this one. Uh, I'll get to it. But uh, the Conan Rey Mysterio Jr. match was planned to go longer, but they cut it short because once again, Mysterio's knee is still not ready to be wrestling. Uh, Rich Flair versus Six was awful. Uncle Dave says that it's a sad day when Hulk Hogan is a better worker on the show than Ric Flair, and it's not because Hogan was good, but because Flair was just that bad. Six worked And that hard. match had a lot of build-up, too, by the way. That's crazy. Yeah. They, uh, I think anyway, it goes all the way back to uh, Slamboree, now in the archives. Yeah. So, And had backstage heat with it, too, because... Uh, like the, the whole thing, if anybody goes back and listens now to us talk about it in the archives, Flair and uh, Piper didn't want six anywhere near their matches because they didn't feel he was a big enough star. They didn't want him in there with the NWO team. And uh, they, but the NWO team wanted him in there because they said, well, uh, Hall's a good worker. Uh, Nash is so so. And Flair and Piper are old. So they want one guy who can carry the load, and it would be six. And, and didn't they have Kevin so Green? So Six and Kevin Green, yes. Six and yeah. Kevin Green were the, the worker, the football player. <laughs> yeah. So they were like, you got the football guy and two old dudes on your team, and we've got uh, Nash, who's not exactly, you know, Luth, the Luthez of the team there, and uh, Hall's good. Oh, no, they didn't have – yeah, it was Hall, okay. And Six. So I was like, you need somebody who could be the worker. And the little dude who can do all the bumping around or whatever. Oh, yeah. Either way, uh, Six worked hard to carry him, but it just wasn't happening. During the main event, Hogan called Luger a piece of shit. So apparently the <laughs> new no vulgarity rule doesn't apply to him. You remember uh, that? Is, is, yeah, is pay-per-view an exception, maybe? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. That's the only thing I could think of, but it was supposed to be company-wide at all times. So... I don't know. Uh, after the match, Hogan was supposed to have a celebration in the ring and repaint NWO on the belt. However, the fans started throwing debris in the ring and Hogan caught a rock to the head 
So they called an audible and rushed to the back, which forced the announcers to stall for time since they still had another eight minutes or so left on the broadcast. Good Lord. God. Eventually, they got a camera and went backstage and filmed the celebration back there. Here's the part. Real quick, is it ironic, by the way, that they, they had extra time? And yet the next year, Halloween Havoc, they're going to run out of time. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's always timing issues. I mean, this one wasn't necessarily their fault, but I mean, if you think about it, it kind of is because they haven't booked it here. And these idiots are throwing rocks at Hulk Hogan. Open the door or I'm going to throw rocks through your windows, you dumb whore. This is the part, by the way, that I was building up to that I was like, huh? When you were like, are there no black bikers? Uh, so Dennis Rodman was there, but he wasn't booked to be there. Rodman is in Sturgis because he's a motorcycle enthusiast, so he just decided to drop by. So his appearance was a freebie for WCW. Okay. Weird. I don't know to say that. <laughs> and and of all the black guys you could think of that would be into, you know, the motorcycle lifestyle, you get the guy who showed up in a wedding dress to his his wedding. Uh, and paints his hair multicolors. And... Look, when people call Dennis Rodman the biggest question mark in the history of sports, they're not using hyperbole. Okay? Yeah. I mean, that's real. You, you right. I recently saw a story, I'll share this with a friend, that said um, when the Bulls would come to town in a certain city, you know, in his heyday, he would rent out Toys R Us, bring a bunch of kids in, let them get whatever they want, and pay for it all for them. There's no cameras around, it was never documented or anything. Really? <sighs> So, I mean, obviously, he's a good person. I don't understand. He's, it's weird, man. He's a weird dude. From what I hear, he liked the good puff. I'll say that. No, I mean, that's, what makes him, that's what makes him nice and calm, probably. So, <laughs> yeah, do more, please. Yeah, right. <laughs> probably mellowed him the hell out. It's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is you, Mellow? <laughs> yeah, right. It's like, I need to see you on harder stuff. <laughs> Uh, with all the time slot changes, this was the first week where Nitro aired from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern and Raw aired from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern. This meant that Nitro's first hour was unopposed while Raw's second hour was unopposed. Raw's second hour did a strong rating, and now WCW is considering expanding Nitro to three hours permanently in response. That may sound bad, but the ratings don't lie, and last week's three-hour Nitro did monster numbers. And they would. And Bischoff hated it. He puts that right up there with the whole uh, adding thunder to his list of uh, reasons why. Well, that's WCW three extra hours right there total. Yep. So, and I mean, you could see it, man. Like Nitro is just stacked with. I mean, this is my criticism about AEW uh, now. And I think AEW does, does it worse because half of these guys, I'm like, Ugh, why? Um, but the middle of a lot of nitros that I watch are, you might, I mean, you get storyline stuff thrown in there, but a lot of the matches are just like, why is this here other than we needed matches for a wrestling show? And we happen to have these guys on the payroll. Like they don't mean anything. They like the yeah, matches. I mean, went and I would forget half the reason the story's happening wasn't for Shivani telling us. So there's that too. Yeah, and so it, the matches would go for like four and a half minutes at most. They'd go out there, they'd do a few things, and then they'd go to the back. You'd have the obligatory Mexican match, and it's like... Eh. Which often was the best match on the card. 
Yeah, I mean, it was fun to see, but most of the time there wasn't anything to it. We get one of them on this this damn show, which was, again, was fun. But why? I just felt like, it felt like most of the shows or most of the, the matches were like, oh, uh, we're doing this match to get you to the next thing that we're doing. Like, I don't know. And when they when it expanded to three hours, there was just a lot more of that. Either way, this yeah, I mean, I mean the similarity with AEW is funny because the opposite is they have people that we never see that are there. Right. I'm like, but they, like three weeks in a row. I'm like, where the hell's Wardlow? They just got Athena. She should be on there every week. Her and Ruby are on Dark. I'm like, where are these people? Where the hell's Mira? Why does Andrade only wrestle once every five weeks? Right. It's well, like, the uh, my comparison to a, my comparison to AEW is the middle. I feel like the opening match is usually pretty good. The main event is usually pretty decent, uh, and everything in between is like uh, filler. Oh like, yeah, oh, and my my comparison would be where was all these NWO guys in a wrestle? Yeah, so it's similar in a couple of ways. Right, <laughs> and it's like uh, I I don't know I like. Whereas, I mean, not like every single thing on Raw it has like deep meaning with, you know, these long lasting whatever. But it's like they well, you can tell. Yeah, well, it's like you can tell they at least try with most things and they try to remind you through the match. Hey, this is going on and this guy's connected to that person. And it's not a bunch of squash matches as well. Like I get bored with some of the dynamite matches because it's like, you know, who's going to win going in every time. I will tell you this. The first match is usually a banger. I don't know why. Yeah. That's been a thing. The first match is really is like either good or sometimes even great. And then like, you. They I want, they want to, I, <sighs> I get that they want to hook you coming in and they want to, and they want to get you with the main event. I, I totally get that. But why does everything in the middle have to be so blah? You think I'm going to eat a steak and then have Brussels sprouts after? No. Uh, I, I eat the Brussels sprouts first and then I dive into that steak. <laughs> so you're getting the crap out of the way first. Not that I like Brussels sprouts, but I'm, here, I'm but... weird. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, admittedly, I'm weird. I like Brussels sprouts, but yeah. Either way. Uh, so you, you remember the time change? Well, like, what was it? Because we talked about this. It was different for you out in California. I forget when you said things changed for you. The night Goldberg won the title was the first night show that didn't air at five o'clock here. Okay, so everything was still pretty much the same for you then, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because when I started watching so, this, to was, me there was no one I wore this first few years because I was able to just watch them both. Mm-hmm. Get home, do homework. Nitro's on at five. Uh, shower for school the next day. Raw's on at eight. They eventually moved to nine, whatever. But that's how it always was. Huh. <sighs> well, yeah, because I remember this was this was just the way it was when I started watching wrestling. It was Raw. Uh, I I would. You usually because I my dad wasn't a big WCW fan, so we would watch Nitro from eight to nine just to hold us over until Raw came on, basically. And then we would flip it over to USA and we would only flip back during commercial breaks. And that was about it. You didn't um, like the wrestling? Say what? WCW. You didn't like the WCW wrestling? <laughs> No, but my best friends who live two doors down, that's all they watched was WCW. So it was we would always go back and forth. They they would have to tell me who the people were in WCW 
And then uh, they tried to keep up with WWF, but they they were like I, they were brothers. One was like a huge DDP fan, and he got me into loving DDP before I even knew who he was. But this story, uh, we've talked about this guy a few times. Just yikes! Oh man, <laughs> uh, a, pulled, a really a really bad segue. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> this guy, yikes! All right, hit me. I'm well, ready. Let's go. He's, he, He's pulled the nose up, so that's that's the positive ending of the story. Oh, However, good lord, it's going to get worse, though. <laughs> well, the latest on the Stephen Regal situation is that uh, Regal, Scott Norton, and Marcus Bagwell were flying back from Japan, and Regal was apparently acting up on the plane so much that they made an unscheduled landing in Anchorage, and all three wrestlers were kicked off the plane. <sighs> that's um, <laughs> them. Threw their asses off in Alaska. Here's some home. <laughs> get we're we're dropping in Alaska. Get the f out. Canada's right there. Go a little bit more south. You'll be in Seattle. Just get out. Yeah, okay. right. <laughs> uh, man, that's nuts. But Regal was apparently the worst of the three, as he reportedly go figure, as he reportedly I'm urinated of those three. Okay. Anyway. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Well, apparently he was the worst of the three as he reportedly urinated somewhere in first class that was most definitely not in the bathroom. <laughs> it wow. Doesn't get, it doesn't get more specific than that. It just, that's where it stops. Uh, Norton and Bagwell were evidently just guilty by association, which is why they were kicked off the plane also. Regal was arrested when they landed. WCW has not yet decided on his future in the company. Ugh. I think he'll stick around for a little while longer, and then he's gone. Yeah, I think he was suspended for this, at least. <sighs> yeah, they had to do some questionable things on Nitro. Putting William Regal's ass over. <laughs> right. I mean, this is... Said that? <laughs> <laughs> this is... Um, my thing is, like, you, you piss somewhere in first class on a plane and get you and your two co-workers kicked off and embarrass the company... Among the other things he's done. I mean... And, and you're still some, not fired? Some place. That's very vague. Was it like a cup? Was it in like the seat backing? Or was it in a seat? Under the seat? In someone's shoes like, they might have kicked off? I mean, there's like a lot of things that could be here, dude. Uh, the, the way they phrase it, I'm, I'm assuming like the corner or something like that. I don't know. It's just... A, uh, that's not real loud. I was both being right. Anyways... <laughs> Yeah, this isn't quite as bad as that. You remember when I told you about that Hulkamania tour that they did in Australia? I do. Uh, yeah, well, uh, Eric Bischoff talked about that on his podcast and what a nightmare it was. And he said that they had like this private plane with a bar in it, whatever. And uh, certain wrestlers took advantage of that a little bit more than others. One of them being Brutus Beefcake. Uh, I'm so shocked. And he said... That was one of the times he decided he would never associate with Beefcake ever again when he stood on the bar and urinated all over. His name's not Beefcake. Can you please use his government name? Oh, Brutus the Effin Barber Beefcake. Excuse me. <laughs> Mr. Oh, what was his? He was like something bolder at one point when he was like trying to Ter- be I think Hogan. it was Terry. I think it was Terry Boulder. Yeah. No, well, it? no, that was no, that was oh. Hulk, Hulk Hogan. I think it was just was, uh, Ed Boulder, right? Or Ed, Boulder. Yeah, it was. I think it was Boulder, or yeah, Ed Boulder, so, Ed, yeah, Terry Boulder, Terry Boulder. It's right, yeah. 
uh, Lord. Can you uh, give him credit, though, for riding them coattails and they fell off? Jeez. Oh, good Lord, right? And, and uh, I says something about Hogan when he lets him. <laughs> like, if anybody's like, ever watched Two and a Half Men, he's like Alan. He had no shame and held on until that those wheels fell off, dude, and just... <laughs> yeah right <laughs> like uh, and, and well yeah but the thing is after if 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 something happens and hogan dies before he does there's not going to be an ashton kutcher to take his spot and keep him hanging on that's true maybe nasty boy brian knobs i don't know oh good lord uh speaking of what does it take to get fired from wcw uh six was well, Six was briefly fired from WCW this week and then brought back. Apparently, it had I've never to... heard this. Neither have I. Apparently, it had something to do with Six using some language on TV that wasn't supposed to be used, which the Turner Company ha- had uh, been putting pressure on Eric Bischoff to stop. Then on TV, Six ran in to interfere in a Ric Flair match, and he pulled Flair's tights down, exposing his ass. And that was the final straw. Okay, so first of all, him using a colorful language, I'm shocked. I Second, know, right? I've seen players ask many times, how's that a fireable offense? Yeah, I, I know. I was like, first of all, Sean Waltman using salty language, I I just, no. You're lying. I've, he has never, he's a good quiet, good Catholic choir boy. All right. Uh, Did y'all know that Jesus has a beard? No. <laughs> He's <laughs> dropping all the shockers today. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Uh, second of all, uh, pulling down Flair's tights to show his ass on TV, I think that's just called a Monday. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think it's just called WCW. <laughs> right? <laughs> Good grief, man. Uh, oh, man. But apparently, this led to Bischoff firing him. In turn, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash threatened to quit, and an hour later, Six was unfired and everything was smoothed over. <laughs> We're getting a flashback of uh, was a Spider Man 2 because you're fired. Yeah, you're right, get back and you're unfired. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good lord! Oh man, like okay, so, so I don't like this right here, real quick. Why I love this show, this is something I never knew. I love this, right. <laughs> I wonder how much of this is true, though, because I'm like, did they really threaten to qu- Could they quit? They were locked into, like, these I mean, contracts. It could, could not appear. I mean, not that that's yeah, but, legal, too, but they could right. certainly not appear. No one can stop them from doing that. Are they going to pull a Sasha and Naomi? Yeah, right. Just, oh, don't, yeah. don't, don't, go, don't go there. You'll get in trouble. Oh, yeah. Oh, my bad. <laughs> those, those poor, poor women that just wanted their chance. <sighs> anyway. Uh, 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 touching on something we get a letter. <laughs> touching on something I mentioned earlier, uh, Rey Mysterio Jr. is being given more time off since they seem to realize that they brought him back too early from his knee injury. It looks like mid-September before he'll be brought back now. And then coincidentally, he'll be leaving again, like six or seven months. Not even that. Maybe like five months for another really? injury. <laughs> yeah, because it's going to go into Bash of the Beach '98 where he returns as the mystery opponent for Jericho. No, Greg, he's only been injured once. Yeah, I, I told you this week. <laughs> is it weird that he's like, yeah, how old is he now? He's he's at least like upper 40s. He's, now, close, right? he's closing on 50 at least. 
Yeah. Oh, and this is like his so... longest string without an injury. Uh, yeah, but he does wrestle a lot of tag matches with his kid now, but I mean, you know, it still counts, I guess. Yeah. It's just, I, well, I think he's wrestled a crap ton of tag matches in the last, like, he will be 48 over... in December. Damn. Yeah, it's, he's, I mean, I realize he wears a mask, but still, it's like that fountain of youth does him well, man. Still going great, though, too. That's the thing. Right? <sighs> and his, and his kid is living, Every like simp's dream right now. Like it, everybody is like, dude. Even Rhea Ripley yeah, said it was he like gets paid, he be, gets paid. He gets paid to be manhandled by Rhea Ripley on TV. Right. I would pay for that. But anyways, she's she's in on it too because she posted a <laughs> she posted a video of her wrapping her legs around his neck and she's like, "You all want to be Dominic right now?" And I was like, "You're damn right we do." <laughs> like, at least she gets our perversion and she's cool with it. Anyway, uh, getting into the WWE Hang on, real stuff. Quick, real quick, this is crazy. From 1997 to 2002, Rey Mysterio has been in 28 video games. What? Yep. <laughs> wow. Only The Undertaker has more than him, apparently, it says. Damn. Good lord. Between 97 and 2022? Yep. Damn. 97 to 2000, and then he was a couple years off, obviously, because and then from 2003... All the way down to 14, and then no 15, 16, 17, and then 18 now. I'd also put him up there with probably having some of the most figures in the history of toys, too. I think him and him and uh, Cena are tied or something like that. Yeah. Also, has been with four different wrestling figure companies, which I think is a record. I remember the very first Rey Mysterio I ever got came with Goldberg and they didn't even label it as Rey Mysterio. It was just like, well, the they, still refuse, they, refuse, they still refuse to this day to acknowledge that's Mysterio. It's just mass wrestler. But yeah, <laughs> he's in Mysterio's mask. <laughs> Good Lord. I, I don't know. There's a whole little fun argument about that. Is it him or not? Because they didn't label it as him. So you can't count as him. Yeah, right. I, I don't know. Well, speaking of injuries though, getting into the WWF side of stuff here, Steve Austin had an MRI on his neck, and he was told by one of the leading neck specialists in the country that he should retire immediately and that he's risking paralysis if he continues oh, wrestling. Man. I forgot yeah, this was the time frame. Now in the I know. Yeah, we just covered SummerSlam 97 uh, a few weeks ago, if you guys want to go check that out. Uh, the MRI showed trauma to the C4 and C5 vertebrae. Uh, Austin is going to get a second opinion from another doctor soon. Austin is telling people that he actually doesn't feel that bad. He has some neck pain, but nothing major, and says that he's ready to get back to work now. When the injury <laughs> happened, he admits that he was <laughs> he scared to... Be, he would be going back to work right now. <laughs> yeah, right. He's not wrestling, but he'd be on TV. Uh, uh, well, the, I've got a, a funny contrast in, in people in, this, in, the, in the next story coming up here, but uh, yeah, I'll get to that here in a second. Uh, when the injury happened, he admits that he was scared to death since he couldn't move for a few seconds and he thought he was paralyzed, but he feels back to normal now for the most part. For now, the WWF is going under the assumption that he'll be back for the next pay-per-view. He would not. He would He would be at the pay-per-view. Right, well, yeah, he'd be there. He wouldn't wrestle. <laughs> I mean, he so would... they, you know, they, their assumptions were correct. Just not... What's that Bischoff says? There's always a kernel of truth to stuff. Well. Uh, he... <laughs> he... Re- did he wrestle? I forget now. Did he wrestle at Survivor Series? 
He does against Owen Hart, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, okay. I, I kind of remember that now. If you go back and look from the moment he gets hurt to when he wrestles Shawn Michaels, he doesn't do a lot of wrestling. Like, he's not on Raw wrestling every week. He wrestles Owen. Then right. he has that match with The Rock at DX, but it's not really a match. He's just beating up the nation with his car and everything, so it's not really a match match. The Royal Rumble is not really a match. Then he was in an eight-man. But it doesn't get back going until March. They really yeah. Yeah, the uh, obviously the Royal Rumble, like people have talked about that before. Like he you came could, in really late too. I know. I'll yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> really, yeah. The and he came in from the, behind and started throwing people out. By the way, so he didn't come in from the entrance, and get involved. You know, kind of got his own jump right. start on it. Yeah. Yeah. The the Rumble people talked about it. it's like it's it's just a big brawl. I mean, you you don't even technically have to hit a that like a real wrestling move throughout the whole thing so but you hear that story the dude is freaking damn near paralyzed for life and he's like ah, i'm good i'm ready to come back to work i gotta get a second opinion so i can go back to work you know whatever screw these doctors and then you hear this the latest on sid is that there is some sort of injury clause in his contract which the wwf felt gave them the right to terminate him he was then offered a new per, uh, per night deal that they would pay him the same as his normal contract if he worked full time, but he turned it down because he feels that his original contract shouldn't have been terminated. So at that point, the WWF just fired him completely, and now Sid is threatening legal action. Uh, he was a huge star, like world champion and all that, and he just didn't want to show up to work. Oh, I'm hurt. Like, it was like a softball game. Yeah, it's like okay. <sighs> yeah, I, I don't, I don't get that. It's like, dude, it, he's shot himself in the foot so many times in his career. Like he was a star, but he could have been a huge star, and he just, nah. Why would I want to make money and be the top guy? That's dumb. Softball, dude. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Because <laughs> that'll pay the bills. Anyway. Uh, these next few stories are about uh, some personnel changes going on in, in WWE. This first one was, is the start of something. Seemed like something good because of uh, some talent that would be brought in from this. And I love this guy, but good Lord, he loves to toot his own horn. Oh, Jim, pretty good one. <laughs> Well, Jim Ross has been promoted to Senior Vice President of Titan Sports, making him the highest-ranking person in the company that isn't named McMahon. Ross will be in charge of things like contract negotiations and talent recruiting, as well as some booking. Of course, as always, the final decision on everything still comes down to Vince McMahon. Boomer sooner. Yeah, I, look, like I said, I love Jim Ross, and I'm not doubting anything he's he's saying about his recruiting and whatever, but good lord, he just... And Bruce Pritchard brings it up, too. He's like, oh, yeah, he signed The Rock and John Cena, whatever. Just ask him. He'll tell you. Well, he reminds you every Wednesday night on Dynamite that he signed Matt Hardy to do his first contract. He was 19 years old. Yep. And he'll... Oh, to this I, day, I, he still does it. Uh, yeah, and he's... Well, and... and uh, he, on his podcast, every time I, I still remember signing Triple H to his first uh, big big time deal. We did it right there, sitting on a sitting on a on a case right there in the backstage area of the easy deal to get done. I remember that was a Monday because we had just beaten, or it was a Sunday because we had just beaten Texas the night the day before. But we're sooner. <laughs> yeah, right. 
<laughs> Good Lord. I, I, I called up the American Dream, said, Boom, seen her, and hung up. <laughs> oh, man. Kind of ironic now Triple H outranks him, too. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think I think Jr.'s bank account will live. Oh, I, I'm not saying anything like that. I'm just talking about making <laughs> oh, I, oh, I know. <laughs> I just I I have no idea, but apparently he's done very well for himself uh, because anytime, like nobody's given any like figures or anything like that. But I know there was one time that uh, I think it was Bruce and Conrad were talking about how inaccurate that stuff is online when you look up somebody's net worth, and they said because they were laughing about what it said about Bruce. And Bruce Pritchard was like, I wish I was worth that much. And uh, they looked there and uh, Conrad was like, do you see what it said for Jr.? And he was like, look, I'm not saying anything. But he was like, um, yeah, they're uh, let's just say they're way off. <laughs> no, no, I believe it. you can't put it on the Internet. It's not true. Yeah, right. Well, I mean. He's had multiple successful. uh books he was uh vince's right hand man for many years he uh can basically call his own shots in wrestling at this point and uh he sells barbecue sauce you know just like mama made him all right uh, jr's bbq.com do that too like, well yeah uh, you know, I'm, I'm fishing for sponsorships come on yeah. and he's the only person that's allowed to call conrad connie okay come on connie that's all not right. true uh Pritcher can do it as long as he's acting like Rio Rogers. The hell? <laughs> Never heard Did of I re- Rio Rogers? No. I maybe. So maybe I not. literally just found out. Oh, okay, hold on, pause. This right. is probably going to be a short tip. I literally just found out that Rio Rogers is an alt- is an alternate personality character, whatever, of Bruce Pritchard in 1993, because this oh is Rio, Ro- okay, where he's doing yeah. the Dusty Rhodes voice. Yes, and he yes. looks like. Uh, he looks like Uncle Zebekai almost, but like shorter <laughs> hair. Yeah. I he never heard he hated of doing it. Yep. He I, I he don't did... buy that. He's lying. He's lying. There's no way. He was too into it. I'm not he, buying that. Hell he no said, he, said uh, he was forced to do it by, because um, it was during that time where he wasn't really part of the booking committee. And um, no, he was uh, sitting on Raw every night. You can see him going in 1983, sitting right next to him, just with a clipboard in his hand. Yeah, Richard. and he's Sorry. yeah, he said uh, uh, Russo. Russo heard him do do the voice, and, or I think it was Russo, or it might have been Watts. Or this is ninety three. I don't think it. Was okay, or no, 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 no. Okay, no, no. My, I'm sorry. Uh, it was, it was. Um, this is okay. Now I now it's coming back to me. He said he hated doing it because uh, Jerry Jarrett heard him do it. He was doing. He heard him do the impression of Dusty backstage. And he missed the context. And he was like, hey, how about you do that character on screen, huh? And he's like, you know, I'm just literally doing Dusty, right? He's like, well, how about, you know, we make that character on screen, huh? And he's like, I, I really don't want to do that. And he's like, oh, come on. And he's like, Vince basically forced him into doing it. And he's like, what the hell ever? Yeah. So he filled in for Jay Lawler the week he left with that whole allegation trying to be false. And then he had like a brother love style segment with it. Where it's called yeah. Rio's Roundup. Yep. And I had never seen this before. And I was I'm watching like uh, Raw and Superstars back from 93. Because I've been going through them all. And I saw this. I'm like, what the hell is this? <laughs> I had never seen it before. Yeah. Yep. It, it was, was so a... bad that I liked it. 
It was a yep. It was a Jerry Jarrett call. Well, huh, you know, huh, wait, huh, Dusty Rhodes. What? Huh, I don't. I I can't hear it. Huh? Uh, he said he actually called up Dusty and apologized. To him. He's like, it hey, was, kid. he's like, pumpkin head, make your money, kid. Dude, if he was obviously he was mimicking him, but dude, I got no Dusty vibes out of that, so I think it was okay. Yeah, <laughs> it was so I mean, bad. He, was, he wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't trying to. Well, he he said he was like, well, I was doing the voice, but he wasn't doing like the mannerisms necessarily. I think he was trying to make it as less like where people weren't necessarily pointing. It was like, oh, he's obviously Dusty Rhodes. That would have been like beyond stupid. Not that it wasn't stupid anyway, but you know, like who no, the hell did moments where you, when you say beyond stupid, you're saying it literally is stupid, but it could have been beyond stupid, right? Cool. And who the hell cool. wasn't pointing at him, going, "Oh, that's brother love." I didn't know. I mean, as I'm well, you were pretty young at the time, weren't you? Nine. But like, yeah. So I mean, you probably I was only like 15 thinking. or so when I realized that Pritchard was brother love. So. Yeah, well, I mean, at those times, you're not, you're not really thinking about it. At those times, I wasn't thinking about it either, to be honest with you. As an adult, I'm putting things together more. I mean, I'm just now, there are certain people where I'm like, oh, my God, you're so-and-so. <laughs> yeah, right. but, yeah. So, yeah, as a kid, you're not going to realize it. As Like, an adult watching this stuff is, yeah, you're going to be like, it's not freaking brother love in a damn cowboy hat. Like, no, you shut up. Also, I didn't realize until I was, like, a little older that Paul Bear wore makeup. Not even joking. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> Dyed his hair. Like, why is his hair getting lighter every week? It's kind of weird. <laughs> uh, moving on here. Uh, let's keep it moving here. Keep him, keep him roll tide moving. The hell. <laughs> the vice president of event booking in WWF, Ed Cohen, was diagnosed with cancer a few weeks ago. It's the fourth time he's battled cancer. He actually hangs in there until August of 2018 when he passes away at the age of 63. That sucks, but good for him for beating it. Yeah. And it, it's his fourth time in 97, dude. Like, damn. And it's, he still uh, refused to die. I mean, you gotta give credit for that. Yeah, right? Like, you and I were talking about Jim, uh, uh, Jim Duggan. Like, he's still whooping cancer's ass. Still telling God, not yet. <laughs> Yeah, right. Who does that? <laughs> Instead of giving the thumbs up and yelling ho, he's putting the thumbs down and yelling no. no! <laughs> I'll go on my time. Because that's a thing, apparently. Yeah, right. <laughs> Not yet. Still got some more ass to whoop. Uh, the WWF suggested some sort of angle that would culminate in Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 14, but Bret shot it down before it even got past the suggestion phase. <sighs> I. I I don't know about, I don't know if I believe that. I mean, maybe? But it seemed like they were going whole hog with Stone Cold at this point. Yeah, they definitely were, but I guess it could have been any time before or after WrestleMania too. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you could have easily saw, like, with the feud with Austin Brett, him being the one to beat Brett for the title. Yeah. I mean, it well, would have been logical. Well, they're, well the, the way this is putting it is that it would have been Brett versus Sean at Mania. Yeah, so. I mean, Brett so, wins, he steals the heel, and Austin beats him. It, it all fits. Yeah, but I don't know. That's, eh, I don't know. And according to Pritchard, I mean, I, I don't know. Bruce, not saying that everything comes out of Bruce Pritchard's mouth is gospel, but, you know, according to him, you know, it was always Austin, uh, you know, that they, he was, he was the guy. They weren't planning on uh, Brett and 
Sean at this point. I I think he was a backup in case uh, it didn't work out with Steve. But then again, I think at this point, they didn't even know if they were going to have Brett. I can't remember when that news I want to say late September is when he was about to bail. Or knew he was bailing. Ah, okay. Yeah, well, oh no. Yeah, because he's a champ at this point. Late September, early October, something like that. Hmm. Well, on the most recent WWF Raw, Rocky Maivia joined the Nation of Domination because, according to Uncle Dave, they're evidently trying to put all the black guys on the roster in one group. Well, that's not hard to see. <laughs> yeah. I mean, The Rock is only half black, but yeah. Uh, Dude, they're doing say... that in AEW with the black women. Start all in the baggies. <laughs> so, that, that's well, a that's hell a... of a name, by the way. Yeah, right? Seems to be a thing in wrestling. It's, you know. Keep all the races together. That's I I hate that the baddies and then in WWE you had you remember the the group that was just bad. Yeah, well they were team bad. <laughs> I mean, it is a little bit different when you put the team in there. Still stupid though. Yeah, team bad. I hate. I if I never hear another stable with the word team in front of it, I will die happy. Like that was that was a thing for years. I'm like, quit it. Like we get it. You're a team. <sighs> anyway, uh, Rick, team Taz, Rick, dude, which is no longer anything. By the way, they, oh, they officially they officially disbanded. Yeah. Taz did. Yeah, he said it's done. I don't want no more. It's done. So, but yeah, it, Team Taz. There's it, another one for you. Is he is he still managing anybody at least? No, he's just on commentary now. Okay, because he was taking thank pictures. You God, they needed him on commentary badly. <laughs> Because I saw him, I I saw him taking pictures with Hook. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, for obvious reasons, it's his son, and he has Taz's belt, but still. I thought, uh, well, that's a belt, because it's uh, it's not sanctioned, damn it. So, it, it, holds, uh, it holds Hook's um, boxing trunks up. It should be... No, well, Rick Rude debuted on WWF Raw this week as Shawn Michaels' new bodyguard. The deal was made with Paul Heyman in exchange. Uh, WWF plugged ECW's upcoming pay-per-view several times during Raw and heavily hyped Jerry Lawler versus Tommy Dreamer match. Uh, the original okay, deal... Stop real quick, real quick. They get mm-hmm. him from ECW to mm-hmm. promote their pay-per-view. Correct? Yep. But their pay-per-view yep. already has a contract with WWE guy. So, of course, they're going to promote it anyways. So did they just rob him blind? Uh, maybe. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Uh, the Sorry, original I didn't deal. Logic game, my mistake. Well, they don't. <laughs> they weren't obligated to promote it. So. No, but their guys on it. You know. <laughs> yeah, but I don't. I don't think they were going to. I don't know. Uh, you might be right. It's just. It's just ironic as all. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, but the original idea was for it to be a one-time thing, but now word is that Rude will probably be sticking around the WWF and also still work ECW some as well. However, Rude has no contract with ECW, so that's not guaranteed. WWF <laughs> is trying to WWF is trying to bring back more of the 80s stars since WCW has had so much success in the ratings with the adult demographics by using names like Hogan and Savage. This is why Rude and Sergeant Slaughter have been brought back. Yeah, because, oh. you know, those are the exact equals of Hogan and Savage. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, well, you know, and that, 
whatever happened to, uh, you know, oh, they're old and, you know, we're new and hip. I assume they were like eating crow. So, okay, never mind. Yeah. Well, and we're old my other and thing. hip and we have bad hips. <laughs> right. Well, I don't know. Maybe WWF was getting around that by saying, hey, we have these old 80 stars back, but they're not wrestling. That was my thinking, too. Because they also have two 80 stars on commentary. Let's not forget. I mean, uh, Jim Ross wasn't a wrestler, but, you know, but oh, still, well, I was, guys. I was going to say, who the hell am I missing? <laughs> yeah, so. Also, to wrap that up with that, uh, it looks like they're forming a group with Shawn Michaels, Hunter Hearst Helmsley, China, and Rick Rude. Uncle Dave thinks it will likely oh, no, be called... <laughs> Uncle Dave thinks it will likely be called The Click. <laughs> Not exactly. Uh, are you ready for uh, something we've like done? That. <laughs> Go from the TX thing to Are You Ready? I like that. I saw what you did there. <laughs> yeah. Are you ready? For something, uh, well, we haven't done this in a couple of weeks. So, uh, the you know, promoting, <coughs> promoting this, you know, in, in a previous story kind of led into this. So, <clears throat> This week in ECW. I may have another ball. The WWF plugged ECW's upcoming pay-per-view on Raw this week. Speaking of, Viewer's Choice is still refusing to carry this ECW pay-per-view, but, <laughs> but it will be aired on all the other usual pay-per-view outlets. ECW has also instituted a few other rule changes, like no fighting over the guardrails, no touching of fans, etc. These are pretty much done to keep any more potential issues from happening that could threaten a lawsuit or cause them to lose pay-per-view providers. Good luck with that. I love how not touching a fan needs to be... What's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> has not to be said, stated. Uh, yeah, like, has to be the rule. Just yeah. when does that ever have been a rule? Should it just be a common sense thing? Yeah, it's like, like it has to be put, put in writing. Yeah. <laughs> like Flair's ass and leading up to the <laughs> <laughs> quit getting naked and quit bleeding alright give the old man his meds and his pudding set him down in front of the TV turn on Matlock and be done with it All right. oh my god I'm not you wrong said that. no you're Speaking not but wow. Matlock Speaking though it's a hell of a dated reference <laughs> he's an old ass man so of course he's going to watch Matlock Either, if, if he was an old oh woman I'd say throat. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, if he was an old woman, I'd say Murder, She Wrote, or Golden Girls. <laughs> hey, Golden Girls has a huge resurgence among a lot of men, so it's Xavier yeah, Woods' favorite but... show. So he also you loves, lose loves My Little Pony, so... <laughs> uh, He's an odd dude, but whatever. No judgment. Speaking, speaking of which, Ric Flair, by the way, said he passed out twice during his last match, by the way, from dehydration. <sighs> yeah. Nice. And he still bled. Yeah, he had to. Of course. Yeah. Ugh. The, uh... One more. Yeah. One yeah, more, right. <laughs> uh, So, uh, in one of the most gruesome matches in the history of American wrestling, Sabu won the ECW title from Terry Funk in a barbed wire match at the ECW Arena. This sets up the main event for next week's Hardcore Heaven pay-per-view as Sabu versus Terry Funk versus Shane Douglas in a triple threat match 
which is a rematch of one of the most famous matches in ECW history from several years ago. Sabu, uh, they still play that up to this day as the greatest thing since sliced bread. And it sucked. I don't get it. I watched it back, and I'm like, okay. I, I, why? Joey Styles will go to his deathbed saying that's the greatest match in the history of wrestling. Every, <sighs> everything, well, I can't, I can't say everything. Almost everything that they play up is, oh my gosh, this was such a huge thing in the history of ECW. And I go back and I watch it, and I'm like, Why? I don't like why was this a big deal? For reasons. Yeah. Well, uh Sabu was scheduled to face a Sandman at the pay-per-view, but Sandman is injured, so they decided to insert Sabu into the title match as the champion. Oh no. What a big loss, man. I know, right? Uh, as for the barbed wire match, both wrestlers and Bill Alfonso were covered in blood by the finish. At one point, Sabu got caught in the barbed wire and ripped his arm up in a sickening fashion that later required 75 stitches to close. <sighs> Was this the infamous night where he super glued his skin shut? Uh, I believe so. Well, Sabu screamed for Alfonso to get some tape and taped his arm up and continued the match. <sighs> By the end of the match, both men were so tangled together in barbed wire that wire cutters were brought in to cut them loose. And people, again, wonder why I crap on this company. He's hardcore! He's hardcore! <laughs> Your mother's a whore. Uh, <sighs> I believe, if, uh, yes, now in the archives, that is from our August 26th show from 2020. It's ECW Born to be Wired, 1997. If anybody go, cares to go back and listen to that. And if you don't, we won't hold it against you. Yeah, you could at least hear us crap on it because apparently people like to hear us do that. So thank you. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> hey whatever. If uh, that's your perverse pleasure, uh, thanks. Whatever. Uh, yeah, I I won't hold it against you that you like to hear us uh, take a gigantic verbal dump all over ECW. Anyway, Al Snow is expected to debut with ECW at the Hardcore Heaven pay per view. He's still. <laughs> He's still under contract well, at WWF. <laughs> I just love how that's a thing. Like, hey, House Snow's coming. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Batting down the hatches. <laughs> uh, he's still under contract at WWF, but is being allowed to go work in ECW as part of the working agreement between the two companies. He has 11 months left on his WWF contract. He's expected to get a decent push, and when he gets his release from WWF, he'll get an even bigger one. Yeah, I mean he does. He gets a world and? title match. What was the show? Was it Heat Wave? When he gets his world title match? Hell, I don't know. You and I covered it recently. That's the only reason I'm wondering. Uh, no, it wasn't Heat. And wave. you're trying to make me regurgitate this crap? Uh, Wrestle Palooza '98. Uh, now in the archives, our May 11th show from this past thank, year. Thank you so much because it was bothering me. It was bothering me. <laughs> Because I want to send people. I like to send people back to our archives. Damn it! <laughs> uh, you like to hurt people, apparently. But okay, we'll go back. We hey, if we me, but... if, if we've reviewed this crap in the past, okay. I like to make. I like to send people back to it. Uh, but yeah, so because if you have the perverse pleasure again of hearing, uh, liking, hearing us crap on it, then uh, by all means, because we do. <laughs> Uh, Greg actually enjoyed the match better than I did. So he takes on Shane Douglas for the world title. It is something. 
Shane is beyond destroyed in that match. It looks like a freaking car ran his ass over and he still goes out there. So well, it's because, because he gave some uh, angry college student a C or a D or something. <laughs> what the hell? Good freaking Lord. You never well, forget King Douglas, dude, ever. Hashtag never forget. Sure he would. <laughs> Paul Heyman had a meeting with Eric Bischoff this week at a steakhouse in Orlando, and yeah, and he probably made he probably stiffed Bischoff with the bill. <laughs> how how much you want to bet he met he met Bischoff at the most expensive steakhouse in all of Orlando, and then uh, towards the end of the meal he excused himself to the bathroom and never came back. You can have Ted Turner pay for my meal, sir. Yeah, he's like. Uh, who will be footing the bill for this meal, sir? Uh, well, I figured we'd split it. Uh, if I may have another volley, sir, put it on the Turner card. You're probably spot on, deadly accurate with that one. <laughs> Make that old, rich, southern boy pay for our steak, bitch. Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway. I could uh, dine in cash. My father would get me out of it, sir. Right. Uh, but anyway, uh, he met with him in Orlando and personally showed Bischoff a copy of Raven's ECW contract, which I can uh, safely assume was written in crayon uh, with the pay-per-view construction non-com- paper <laughs> uh, with the pay-per-view non-compete clause. Uh, Heyman claims that he never received the letter from ECW requesting a copy of Raven's contract and that even if he had, he was under no obligation to send a copy to, to WCW before Raven appeared at the Bash at the Beach pay-per-view. Uh, that sounds like nonsense. How are you not obligated to see a guy you have contracted on their show? Yeah, like if they sent, they're like, "Hey, um, we need to know if we can legally do this. If we can't, you need to let us know." Well, I'm under no legal obligation to let you know if you're going to break the law, sir. You must guess. Yeah, <laughs> guess, and we shall see if I sue. Uh, man, this is. <laughs> What the hell? I'm going to assume... Watch out, none of this is fake, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, right. I don't think this goes anywhere, by the way. I I don't think so either. I feel like like at some point in the history of the show, we would have covered a big lawsuit. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure it doesn't happen. I think he tries to make something of it, and it just gets swept under the rug. I don't know for a fact, but I'm going to take a wild guess. He got a nice little check and shut his mouth. Right. I mean, am Uh, I wrong to think that? Well, you're not incorrect to think that. Uh, Heyman that is, is not also... incorrect. <laughs> Good Lord. Heyman is also denying rumors that he was ever on WWF's payroll. He says ECW as a company was paid for its wrestlers appearing on WWF TV and that Heyman used that money to pay the ECW wrestlers. He also says that the WWF paid ECW money when they brought in Two Cold Scorpio because they basically bought him out of his contract. However, he says that he himself has never gotten a regular paycheck from the WWF. For the record, he sticks to that story to this day. Uh, sure. Even though everybody on the WWF side says, yeah, we were funding him. I mean, I don't know well, if they go into did he, great did he lie? detail. Was, was, it ever, was it ever addressed to Paul Heyman? Uh, hey, well, semantics count, dude. I was going to say, I, I don't know if they ever addressed, like, how they were funding ECW. So maybe he's not technically telling a lie. I I don't know. <sighs> Whatever. 
I've got a couple. Remember, dude, pre- uh, I don't think Jewish people have hell, so he can lie all he wants. Yeah. Wow. I don't know that for a fact, but I'm pretty sure they don't. So I don't think they believe in the deadly sins. So there you go. Good grief. Well, I'm just uh, spitballing here now at this point, but sorry. (laughs) I've got a couple crazy stories here from uh, the country just south of us. So I figured I'd have a new little segment of the show I'd like to call. What's going on in Mexico? What Conan do this week? Oddly enough, none of these stories involve Conan for once. Okay. I know. Shocker. This first one is effing nuts. It it only vaguely involves wrestling, uh, but it's still just wow. The latest on the kidnapping of former UWA promoter Carlos Manus and if I'm pronouncing that wrong, I'm sure somebody will correct me. Uh, and And Mexican union leader uh, Manny Guzman in Mexico is that authorities had feared both men were dead, but Guzman was released this week by the kidnappers. However, Manus is still being held by hostages, or, or being held hostage, rather, uh, somewhere, and kidnappers have demanded $100,000 ransom uh, to release him. What the fuck? I don't know what $100,000 is in pesos. And it's still $100,000, though, right? Yeah, I I don't know the math. Uh, he, let's see, he died in the nineties. Let's see, I'm trying to figure out when exactly. I'm like, did they kill him? I can see that he is in fact dead. So I'm like trying to figure it out here. I'm like, did, did they kill him? Because that's kind of effed up. Oh, uh, just kind of. Well, I, I obviously very effed up, but yeah. It says uh, until his death in the 90s. Like, okay. Uh, I thought, well, this is the 90s, so. Yeah, it's like, well, that's that's awfully uh, awfully specific of you. Uh, in this decade. Well, I covered 10 years, dude. They broke it down enough. Yeah. Well, I guess he died in 2015. Okay, so. I guess Someone he got can away. assume he survived this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to. Yeah, I guess he got away. Or they let him go or whatever. So. That's good. That's uh, an effed up story, though. What the hell, man? Yeah, we were having so much fun until you bring it down. (laughs) I have heard multiple stories, by the way, of like fairly prominent people in Mexico getting kidnapped and held for ransom. (laughs) Yeah, I haven't seen some weird stuff on the news like past year or so. There's like this road that goes from Arizona to Mexico, I believe. And, like, people uh, are pulling over tourists and just robbing them blind out of their car. Tying them up on the side of the road and taking their car. Jeez. Oh. Uh, well, a few weeks ago, this the uh, other story I got out of Mexico here. Uh, a few weeks ago, EMLL sold one of the arenas it owned, and we actually covered that story. Uh, and apparently, they got rid of it just in time. The building collapsed this week, injuring around 20 construction workers who were working Good on it. God with several of them injured seriously. It took hours to dig everyone out of the rubble. The new owner was working to remodel it, and now he and the engineer face possible charges in the collapse. Just possible? Yeah. Uh, Meanwhile, EMLL's owners are sitting there going, whoo, dodge that bullet. Good lord. (laughs) I wonder if they knew when they just said, let's get out of it now. Somebody will take it. 
uh, I, I'm willing to bet the farm. <laughs> They're like, hmm, this is safe. Took, which, which they even took a loss on the sale, too, just to get rid of it. Yeah, right. It's like, we'll sell it to you for pennies on the dollar. Just, uh, it's, you're robbing us blind. Just take it. <laughs> God. Uh, now to uh, Japan here, where the great Sasuke has pretty much returned full-time to Mishinoku Pro, which indicated his WWF deal has probably fallen through. He had been negotiating a contract with them, but never actually signed, and Mishinoku Pro was suffering without Sasuke on the shows. They were yeah. suffering without him? and Who? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I guess... Yeah, uh, Sasuke was apparently created by Mishinoku Pro, or, like, the character of Great Sasuke was created, from what I read, uh, was created by Mishinoku Pro as kind of a FU to Ultimo Dragon when he left them. I, I don't know Something how tells me he was fine. Yeah, right. Uh, I think both of these guys were just fine. New Japan Pro, record, er, Pro Wrestling held a record-setting show in the newly built... Uh, Nagoya Dome this week. It was the biggest crowd New Japan Pro Wrestling has ever drawn in the city and did over $3 million at the gate. It's also the ninth time the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion Shinya Hashimoto has headlined a show of 40,000 or more fans, which has put him on the list among some of the all-time biggest drawing names in wrestling history. A one-time show or one show was not an all-time draw, Dave. You have to do it consistently. Every night. Well, well no, what I'm, it, the, the thing here is it says it's the ninth time that this guy has headlined a show of over 40,000 fans or more. So that puts him on a list of people who have done that. That's, I mean, I was impressive. Uh, when Blair was doing every night in the 80s. <laughs> That's pretty 40, impressive. 40,000 is that's a big-ass number even here in the States. Like, and people, I mean, I, I didn't think about it, like, growing up, I just, you know, because here in America, we're kind of, you know, we don't really think about this stuff, but Japan is a little island, <laughs> and they've got, like, these venues, like, if you have a venue, like, 40,000 seats or more, that's, that takes up a lot of damn room. So it's, it's not like here in America, where, like, you see these 40,000 plus seat stadiums, and it's like, ah, yeah, yeah, they're just all over. It is deceptively big, though. What is? Japan. Oh, yeah. Well, they build a lot um, upwards, too. Like, they have a lot of, like, um, apartments or, you know, like, homes stacked on each other and stuff like that, too. So, uh, they manage to squeeze a lot of people into that country. This one, he hangs in there, so it's it has a happier ending to it. But Oh, good. I mean, I'm, I'm glad, because if I'm about to laugh, one be able to laugh. Okay. You well, introduced that, me a lot. <laughs> well, it's a, well, it's not anything to laugh at, but uh, legendary wrestling announcer Lance Russell was rushed to the hospital in Memphis last week and had emergency quadruple bypass surgery. He had complained of what he thought was indigestion for weeks and had an exam revealing four blocked arteries. Hell, man. I know. Uh, Lance actually went on to live for another 20 years after this. He didn't die until 2017, if people can't do the math in their head. <laughs> So good for him that he lived that long. Uh, Lance Russell is one of the greatest wrestling announcers that a lot of people have never heard of. And that's because he never made it to the quote unquote big time. So 
if anybody goes back and listens to old stuff from like uh from memphis it's uh he's got a great voice he was a he was a pretty cool announcer and uh, uh bruce bruce pritchard breaks out his uh, lance russell impression every now and then it's, it's pretty funny this one if if people are triggered by uh by stuff you might want to skip my next two stories because oh good lord i'm gonna get a little a-hole-ish here but uh lance may be okay but someone uh something else is dying in memphis during this time uswa's saturday morning tv show is being moved to a midnight time slot and is also being cut from 90 minutes down to 60 minutes the tv station wants to air more cartoons and other kids shows during the morning time uh, time slot this is pretty likely to be the death nail for USWA. Pretty sure it is. Yeah, it ain't sticking around. Uh, this is what I was referring to. I'm going to be a kind of a, a Richard. But <laughs> uh, speaking of death, though, there has been an Internet rumor going around that Matt Bourne, formerly Doink the Clown and Big Josh, had died of a drug overdose. So at an indie show in Vancouver, British Columbia, they started the show by announcing Bourne had died and started to do a 10-bell salute. Halfway through, however, Bourne came out and grabbed the mic and said, there aren't enough drugs in all of Vancouver to kill him, and he would know because he's tried most of them. Good the, sad, the sad thing is, it turns out that there were enough in Texas to do the trick. Wow. He, yeah, he, if people don't get it, he OD'd in Texas. <laughs> so, by the way, why his name is Big Josh. Right. Yeah, I don't know where the hell Big Josh came from. Like, <laughs> uh, does that have something to do with? Uh, was he a lumberjack? Like, he was a lumberjack. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, okay. <sighs> Last story I got here. Uh, this one, this starts to make sense because I've seen stories about this. We've talked about this before, and I'm like, I get it now. Okay. Uh, it was previously reported that Billy Crystal was working on a movie about Andre the Giant starring NBA player. I want to say his name was pronounced George Morrison. Uh, but the movie isn't actually about Andre, but it was reportedly inspired by Crystal's friendship with Andre. The two actually met on the filming of Princess Bride. However, the movie doesn't have anything to do with Andre's life. This ended up being My Giant, released in 1998. Oh, that movie was terrible. Never seen it. I saw previews of it as they when it came out, they had like post, you know, they always had the posters at the video stores and stuff like that. If people don't know what a video store is, throw it in your Google machine, look up Blockbuster and family video and Hollywood video and whatnot. So, God, I'm depressing myself. Uh, we're about <laughs> to date our, ourselves again here, getting into this Clash of the Champions here. No, no, no. I only do that on Friday. <laughs> wow. Uh, well, I. I date something on Fridays, but it, it's a it's a certain part of me. Anyway, uh, we're going to take our next break. When we come back, we're diving into the reason we're here today. It is the Clash of the Champions right after this. Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks pod on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks and at Main Event Collector. What's up, everybody? I am the hardest part of the ring, the host of the Apron Bump podcast. Ugh, another wrestling podcast. How many times can I listen to fans tell me who needs a push, who doesn't need a push, who brings Vince's coffee these days? Enough! 
The Apron Bump is about the journey. It's about nostalgia. It's about discovering new forms of wrestling to really tickle your pickle as a wrestling fan. The podcast brings you reviews of wrestling events all over the world, whether it's WWF, WWE, WCW, ECW. We even cover the golden eras of Ring of Honor, Progress, TNA, and more promotions in the future as well. New episodes every Wednesday. Bump day. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Go to apronbump.com or go to your favorite podcast platform or YouTube and subscribe today for the most diverse, fan-friendly wrestling podcast in the world. I'm hard. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Looking for a particular truck part? Then look no further. The Rush Truck Center's All Makes Parts catalog features more than 16,000 of the most popular All Makes Parts from top suppliers in the industry and with quality brands you know and trust. And at 164 full-color pages, this is their biggest catalog yet. Our friends at Rush Truck Centers have great deals for you all year long. Check out their monthly parts and service specials in-store and online. And when you're ready to order, shop online with Parts Connect at RushTruckCenters.com. Expect more from Rush Truck Centers. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. It's WCW Clash of the Champions 35. Took place August 25th, or excuse me, 21st, 1997. Uh, the venue was the Nashville Municipal Auditorium in Nashville, Tennessee. <laughs> uh, the reported attendance was 41, or excuse me, 4,122 no <laughs> 4, paid. Uh, the total attendance was 6,500. So there were a lot of comps and whatnot. Uh, the TV rating for this was a 3.64. So all in all, not bad. But compared to a Nitro, that that's okay. It wasn't, like, spectacular. Uh, after the show opens up, we see a replay from WCW Nitro this past week where WCW Commissioner J.J. Dillon calls out Sting to demand to know what he wants when the crowd chants, Hogan, Hogan. Sting points at all of them making it clear that he wants the WCW world champion. And now I thought this was so stupid. I'm like, you didn't know that JJ. <laughs> yeah. It's like, wait, I don't, I don't get it. You won't speak. What, what do you want? What, what is it you want sting? Just tell me. <laughs> uh, that was like the whole storyline for the longest time. It's like, what, what is it that you could possibly want stinger? Like, uh, it, I don't know. Here's your weight title. I love, I love, well, it's when he said it. I loved it when, um, like, the, he was offering him NWO guys. He goes, I have a contract right here. Match against six. I'm like, yep, that's what we're waiting for. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. <laughs> I personally uh, was waiting for Sting versus Virgil at Starcade, but, I mean, whatever. Oof. That would have drew the house. Well, that would have never happened, dude. 
there's too many butting heads and too many big egos. Well, yeah, they, I mean, the, the, well, the, the real problem was they'd booked the venue too far in advance and they, they didn't get a big enough venue to fit all the people in that would have wanted t- tickets to that. And that's just the, the Saturday night uh, Olive Garden crew that you know Vincent knows. My gosh. Oh, Lord. Anyway, first match. It is Jeff Jarrett with Queen Deborah defending the WCW United States Heavyweight title against Steve Mongo McMichael. This goes for about eight minutes. Uh, Jarrett carried Mongo to, to look like a fairly competent worker in this one, which is saying something. In the end, Deborah distracts the ref while Mongo has Jeff in a sleeper hold. Eddie Guerrero now runs out and jumps off the top rope with the U.S. title. He goes for Mongo, but Mongo moves at the last second, so Eddie cracks Jeff in the head by accident. Mongo dumps Eddie out of out of the ring, pins Jeff, and wins the title. Uncle Dave gave this aw star. I gave it dose. What say you? Aw star. Was this was okay. terrible. <laughs> I thought it was okay. You thought it was terrible. It was yeah. It was there. Uh it was a Mongo match, so I really wasn't expecting anything. Jarrett's not bad. Hey, congrats. But... Uh, expectations lived up to. Wow. Uh I'm not a Jeff Jarrett fan, so uh I don't know. I, he's not bad. I've just never seen anything of his where I was like, oh man, that was spectacular. Yeah, it is what it is. But after the match, Queen Deborah tries to suck up to Mongo because he's the new champion, but McMichael brushes her off and takes off. Deborah now goes to console Jeff Jarrett in the ring. On the stage, Mean Gene Okerlund welcomes Alex Wright, and the crowd goes mild. He keeps Stupid speak- Americans. <laughs> keeps speaking in German, and Mean Gene goes off on him repeatedly about it. Wright then botches a joke about the Ultimo Dragon, and Gene mocks him for it. We now go to commercials for Motel 6 and Tootsie Rolls. I like how they left these in. Most still, a thing, most still a thing, by the way. I mean, most of these products are still a thing. Family motor oil. We'll get to it. <laughs> the, the, the funny thing was, like, because uh, the joke was something about, he's like, well, oh, he's the dragon. Well, I'm going to drag his butt from this side to that side. He's like, so you're going to drag the dragon from whatever. He's like, yeah. It's like, okay then. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, wow. Uh, it's like, I'm going to give you a little bit of a pass because you're German, but it's just... Ugh. Anyway, after the commercial break, I'm instantly snapped back into 1997 as Mean Gene Okerlund is standing in a kitchen set with the hosts of Dinner and a Movie. <laughs> yeah. I forgot this damn thing existed. Uh, I uh. mean... It's uh, it's cool. I was like, wow. Uh, yeah, I never watched it. I just always saw commercials for it during Nitro and Thunder. But yeah. Uh, now we go to Stevie Richards versus Raven in a no disqualification match. It goes for five minutes. Raven comes out, sits in the corner and grabs a mic to start the match, stating that if he's going to wrestle for this company tonight, it's going to be no disqualification. Uh, Raven mostly dominates. Stevie puts in a little bit of a fight in the end, but Raven ends up uh, ends it all with an even flow for the win. Uncle Dave gave it a star and a quarter. I gave it dose. What say you? One sucked. 
All right, then. Moving on, I guess. Not much else to say about that one. This feud is yeah. weird. Well, we now, see a, we now see a commercial for the WCW power plant, which they call the number one wrestling training facility in the world. This was obviously sure. a... This was obviously a lie because Dr. Tom Pritchard was currently training at this time. <laughs> we now sure. go. To, we now go desire, to, mind you. Oh yeah, right. And he was he was training people like you know Kurt Angle and The Rock. I mean, obviously not Kurt Angle at this time, but you know The Rock, and he would go on to train Kurt Angle and other huge stars in the WWF. Uh, the power plant would train people like you know. Don't get me wrong, I love Goldberg, but. He's not exactly, uh, you know, known for his Matt prowess. <laughs> like, I, I think he, him and the giant are like the two that came out of the power plant. That's like, oh, yeah, those, those guys. Everybody else is uh, like, giant. <laughs> we now go to Mike Tanay, who it says that he interviewed the ultimate dragon in Mexico. We then get a video running down the dragon's career. Explaining why Dragon's name is Ultimate or Ultimo Dragon and all that good stuff. So I was under the impression that he was always the Ultimo Dragon. No, he started out as Ultimate. He so he was Ultimate? Yeah. I had no idea. I thought he was always yeah. Ultimo Dragon. Wow. Okay then. Well, uh, I was today years old. <laughs> But we now go to Ultimo Dragon defending the WCW United, or excuse me, World Television title uh, against Alex Wright, Das Wunderkind, in uh, about 14 minutes. Uh, we get a commercial break uh, during this one, and uh, the N- uh, for uh, the NWO 6 t-shirt. Cool, because that was needed. Alex Wright is completely yeah. Alex Wright is completely arrogant through this one, acting like he shouldn't be bothered caring about the dragon. He's proven right when he eventually wins with a bridging German suplex. Uncle Dave gives it three and a quarter stars. I give it two and a half. What say you? I give it two. It was the most watchable match at this point. Yeah. Um I just like I'm. I was like three and a quarter stars. Were you that impressed by something watchable that you like overrated it, or you just love the Ultimo Dragon that freaking much? Like what the hell, man? Or like Alex Wright that much? <laughs> yeah, like he just he's such an effing man. Look at them German abs. Such a German man. Good lord, he needs to just shave his head into a. a pointy mohawk and wear a trench coat. Uh, I wonder anyway. if he knows Heidi Klum. <laughs> wow. Uh, we are now treated, quote-unquote, to a WCW shop commercial with the public enemy trying to sell us crap. Potty yeah, dotty, we likes the potty. Yeah, because if I want to be sold stuff, I want it to be from the public effing enemy. <laughs> That that's gonna uh, me to hand over my money. Oh man, you're getting another letter. <laughs> uh, hey man, uh, you you want some high quality crap right here, man? I maybe, don't. I mean, maybe if I'm buying drugs, but <laughs> no, Help me yes. don't at me. <laughs> uh, 
Hey, man, I w- if I saw two guys dressed like that with, with dreadlocks telling me this is some good, high-quality crap, I'd take their word for it. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. All right, anyway. Uh, getting into something slightly less uh, offensive, it is Chris Jericho defending the WCW Cruiserweight title against Eddie Guerrero. This one went for 6 minutes, 41 seconds. Not shockingly, this is the best match of the night so far. Jericho does a the giant swing to Eddie at one point. In the end, a sunset flip from Guerrero gets turned into a jackknife cover from Jericho. This gets reversed until Jericho ends up on top. They roll around a bit. Jericho hooks the legs and gets the pinfall win to retain the title. Uncle Dave gives it three and a quarter stars again. I give it an even three. What say you? I give it three as well. It's not I just like the best match at this point. It's the best match of the night. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't look ahead. So, uh, I for, I forget what's coming up, but uh, I'm going to Trust safely assume. Yeah, I'm going to safely assume that you are correct. <laughs> so, after the match, Guerrero hits a drop kick and a brainbuster before laying the cruiserweight title across Jericho's ribs and hitting the frog splash. Eddie shouts that Jericho got lucky as he storms out. We now get a commercial for WCW Fall Brawl War Games. It's no. weird. All Brawl featuring the War Games. Oh, excuse me. Uh, I mean, it's important because there is a Fall Brawl in a couple of years with no War Games, so it's, it's important. Yeah, but the 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 logo says WCW Fall Brawl War Games, but the announcer says featuring War Games. Oh well. Uh, either way, uh, it's weird that most of the people in the cages that are sh- they showcase are either jobbers or lower mid carters. You notice that? I didn't, but yeah, it makes sense. Sounds like, like them. They couldn't get any of the main eventers to come in and plug the pay-per-view. I like, just oh, be picky. You, oh, you'd have to pay me extra for that. Extra, hey, like, extra. You know about you, it. You want me to you want me to advertise the pay-per-view? <laughs> Gotta write me another <laughs> check. Eric Bishop off the ATM, dude. Makes sense. You're right. Uh, but up next, we got an eight-man tag team match. It is Psychosis, Silver King, Viano 4, and Viano 5, with Sonny Ono in their, in their corner, taking on Juventud Guerrera, Super Calo, Lizmark Jr., and Hector Gar- uh, Garza. It is, I almost said Guerrero. <laughs> uh, this goes just shy of five minutes. Yeah, I mean, he's there. He's just not in this match here. Uh, after a car crash of a match, Super Callow tries going for an inverted head scissors off the top. Psychosis holds off, uh, or excuse me, holds on. This causes Super Callow to hit the mat. Psychosis then hits the guillotine leg drop off the top for the win. Uncle Dave gives it three and a quarter stars. I only give it two and a half. Yeah, I gave it it two and a half for average, say you. I gave it two, and I was barely... Yeah, and by the way, have we ever seen Super Calo and Conan in the same room at the same time? I haven't. Yeah, because I, I, I mean, nobody has told me that that is not Conan in a mask, all right? Just saying. He does dress like him. <laughs> That's what I was saying. Like, he wears the same kind of clothes, like, he's got the sunglasses. I don't know. We go back to me, Gene Okerlin, on the set of Dinner and Movie. They say they're making some special WCW-themed dishes. The names of everything are insulting towards WCW and putting over the NWO. 
When Gene gets angry about it, the two hosts rip off their shirts to reveal Madness t-shirts and reveal an NWO sign on the front of their desk as the NWO theme hits. Because, you know, everybody's got to join the NWO, Greg. (laughs) Including these nerds. Uh, That's what happens next. It gets better. (laughs) Macho Man comes out and talks crap for a while. They show clips of when the Macho Man was on a recent episode of Dinner in a Movie before showing off an NWO sheet cake with sparklers. Hey, that looks like the ending of that uh, exploding barbed wire death match in uh, AEW. Uh, no, I just uh, had a little bit more sparkles. <laughs> wow. Uh, Macho Man and Mean Gene leave the two hosts of Dinner and a Movie alone before DDP comes out and trashes the set. He then hits the one with glasses with a diamond cutter. And the other one takes off running for the hills. Oh, man. Uh, it's weird to see all these commercials still left on the Peacock feed, by the way, like this one for lava liquid soap, which is still a thing. Yeah, it and, might have been uh, within... Maybe WCW produced it or something. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, it's the only thing. It's the only thing I'm thinking of because they don't do that for anything else, unless, like, on old Raws and stuff, they leave on like if it's the such and such slam of the night or something like that. Yeah, the Shred X, the Shred X pad moving the night. Yeah, or the. They still even like the the lugs stomp or whatever the hell. JVC kaboom of the nights. <laughs> Remember when they like things were sponsored by lugs for the longest time. Yep. They never wore a single pair. I thought they were overrated. I didn't get it. They just look like work boots. But, like, they always showed, like, dudes walking down, like, a back alley or something, like, in a a bad neighborhood. (laughs) I'm like, that doesn't make me want to buy them. But up next, we get Conan and Six taking on Kurt Hennig and Ric Flair. Uh, This goes about five minutes as well. After a fairly decent tag match, Hennig nailed the Hennigplex on Conan to get the victory. Uncle Dave, for some reason, didn't rate it. I gave it two and a half for average. What say you? I gave it one. It was terrible. Man, you hated it that bad? Kind of. Man, I thought Hennig was okay. I mean, it wasn't... Man, I don't know. Obviously, I've seen better, but Flair was not tip-top Flair shape at this point. After the match, me, Gene Okerlund, joins Ric Flair and Kurt Hennig in the ring to ask if Kurt Hennig... Uh, or to ask Kurt Hennig if he's a horseman or not. Hennig says, no. Gene asks if that's a no, you're not a horseman, or no, you're not going to tell us. Flair tells Kurt to tell everyone if he's a horseman or not, and Kurt again says, no. And Gene asks if that's a no for the horseman, or no, you're not telling them. Hennig says, that's right, and takes off to the back. That was funny. Yeah. And then... To anybody who doesn't know, this is leading to Hennig is going to slam the War Games cage and on uh, Flair's face and uh, join the NWO. Swerve, bro! Bro! Because, you know, Kurt Hennig was a great fit for the New World Order. <sighs> I don't know. I feel... I think he would have fit in the Horseman, personally. But Well, for the week or two he was there, yeah, he did. Yeah. Well, he was going to take our spot. Not a liver spot, not a spot like your dog named Spot, my spot. <laughs> my spot. Let's take our second to last break because we're coming up on the main event here. So that will take us towards the end of the show. So 
We'll break here. Come back for that right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Hey gang, it's Commissioner Cooper of TSS Fantasy. We are the fantasy show of the people. Expert fantasy advice, free contests, leading expert medical and legal analysis, and most importantly, you. Interact with us on all social media platforms or check us out at tssfantasy.com. You can hear us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more. Check out the fun today and be a part of the most interactive fantasy show around. TSS Fantasy, the fantasy show of the people. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Some people were made to follow the instructions. We were made to make our own. To always measure twice and never cut corners. Unless, of course, we've got a compound miter saw. Northern Tool and Equipment is a problem solver's paradise. There's nothing we can't find, fix, or figure out together. We're made for this. Start solving your projects today at northerntool.com. Hello, everyone. My name is Ryan McCarthy, and I'm the host of the No Credentials Required podcast. Start your work week with the Monday Drop-In, where I talk about the sports beat in the Capital District, also known as the Mighty 518, as well as Metro New York sports from an upstate point of view. I also give a life lesson from a weekly sports story, so you might learn something from that. I also have a midweek podcast where I interview different sports personalities and talk about a wide array of topics. Take a listen and subscribe on your preferred podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Also check out our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram, BellyUpNCR, and Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR. We're a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. No credentials required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. Now we're back. We're back. The entire NWO minus Hollywood Hogan comes out together first while black and white balloons drop from the ceiling. Uh, Kevin Nash announces that Macho Man is filling in for him tonight. And since it's the NWO's birthday party, they'll be defending the world tag titles. Uh, Savage pretends to be surprised at the confidence that Big Sexy has in him as everyone shouts, too sweet! And then we go to commercial! It's just to the moon! (laughs) Wow. Uh, I guess, I think Nash is actually hurt here, which is why he doesn't wrestle. Yeah, Legend has it. He tore his quad. No! Why? 
nothing's ever happened to his legs or his knees. He's he's in tip top shape always. You lie. Anyway, uh, this <laughs> Uh, this is Scott Hall and Macho Man Randy Savage with Elizabeth in their corner. They are defending the WCW World Tag Team titles against Diamond Dallas Page and Lex Luger. Uh, it's a hell of a team. This goes just shy of 10 minutes. NWO minus Kevin Nash and Elizabeth all go to the back before the opening bell. Of course, Nash gets involved until referee Nick Patrick kicks him out of ringside. At one point, Luger ran wild and locked in the torture rack on Scott Hall. Randy Savage kicked Luger to break it up, thumbed DDP in the eye, and blinded DDP. So he backed up and hit the diamond cutter on Lex Luger, not knowing it was him. This allowed Scott Hall to pin Luger for the win. Uh, I thought it was an original ending, so I gave it props for that one. Uncle Dave gave it a star and a quarter. I gave it two and a half for average. What say you? I gave it two. I liked it. Uh... It's all leading to Paige and um, Luger uh, not being in war games. Not being in war games. Mm-hmm. So they put that... the horsemen in. Ah, okay. I forget some of um, War Games 97. I want to say we covered that. I really, don't, I really don't remember if we did or not. Yeah, I'm looking back here. I know we cut, yeah, Fall Brawl 97. Uh, September 30th, 2020, if anybody goes back in the archives and checks that That's out. That's a weird number. With your anal compulsiveness, I'm surprised we did that. <laughs> I try to switch it up every now and then so it's not all exact, but yeah. BS, but whatever. <laughs> well, anyway, that, um, yeah, that's that one. So go back and check that one out in the archives. But after the match, end up a fl- <laughs> end I don't up <laughs> NWO flyers drop from the ceiling as the NWO celebrates in the ring. After commercial break, the rest of the NWO comes out to the ring, this time with Eric Bischoff. In the ring, Bischoff gets the crowd to wish the NWO a happy birthday. And And they do. Yep. He then kisses up to Hall and Nash. He then said, uh, he then complains that the NWO still doesn't have their own show. He says that Hollywood Hogan sends his love, and also Hogan demands bigger limos and newer Learjets. The lights then flicker, and a buzzing is heard as you can see wind is whipping around the arena. Uh, I don't know what was going on here because I was like, "Is there a helicopter in the arena?" Like I oh. couldn't tell because there's obviously some kind of external audio. If you listen to it very closely, it feels yeah. like something was piped over the feed. It. Like it sounds like um it, it it sounds well you can see wind is blowing too because if you look like there's stuff like kind of blowing around in the air it I was like so air is blowing I don't I don't know why I, I, I don't know somebody would have to explain this one either way the NWO ends up looking up in the rafters where Sting has a vulture on his arm and some asshole is shining a laser pointer on it. You know, <laughs> yeah, cool. well, in the 90s, that was the thing, though, dude. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm going to blind this bird. How about you? I don't know. How about you go fornicate yourself? Uh, Sting, yeah, Sting... I'm, sure he's, I'm sure that's a real big insult, dude. He's not going to do it anyways. But <laughs> and you, you got him, though, man. <laughs> wow. 
Uh, oh, he did it before and after the show. Anyways, move on. The hell? <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna let you outdo me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna beat you to this. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Sting's theme plays as a little boy's voice is heard reading a poem about a heart filled with vengeance before the lights drop. When they come back on, the vulture is on the top rope of the ring. Eric Bischoff cautiously walks up to it as Kevin Nash acts like he's going to whack it with a the tag title belt. It's a, it's a damn bird, dude. Like <laughs> Nash looked like he was going like, to kill it and cook it for dinner, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you do you, man. I don't know what buzzard tastes like. Uh, Eric Bischoff says that it would... Uh, I, I, on his podcast, I think I heard him say that it was supposed to have a note attached, like uh, like in its claw or whatever, that said Hogan, but the damn bird dropped it on his way to the ring, so they had to improvise. <laughs> Live TV, folks. Yeah, I mean, like he said in uh, in in retrospect, they should have tied it to his leg or something, but uh, I don't know. Hindsight's twenty twenty, man. Yeah, or maybe it was tied to his leg and he couldn't get close enough to untie it. Or was, I, I can't remember what the what the issue was, but yeah, I whatever. What is it with Sting and birds, by the way? Because if you remember in TNA, he had that crow or whatever the f. Or, I mean, I guess that one that one made a little more sense, but still, it's like quit giving him birds that he has to f with. Well, he clearly goes right. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, at least the one in TNA didn't do anything like stupid. It just kind of sat on the desk and like looked at Eric Bischoff. <laughs> but uh, anyway, that does it for the end of the show. We're going to take our final break. When we come back, final ratings time. Back. And we'll tell you what's coming up on the podcast right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was. Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. For we shared a room. Thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go way there. back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do. We do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books. We're talking professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also, check us out on Twitter at the Broadcast. That's B R O. Okay, yeah, yeah. Hey, the ending. Hey, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down... 
the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. Hey, we're back. We're back. Final ratings time. Internet movie database gave this 6.1 out of 10. Cagematch.net gave it 6.40 out of 10. I gave it a 7.5 out of 10. I actually, all the matches weren't great, but I enjoyed it. Let's say you. Yeah, I give it a C plus. I enjoyed watching it back. Yeah, the, uh, like I said, some of the matches were good. Most of them were not, but the scenes, like uh, the storyline stuff, was cool. Uh, no, I don't like to give points for nostalgia because all these shows are nostalgic. So that's not really fair. Um, no, it's not. But. I don't know, man. Something about the the dinner and a movie thing, and just this era of like Sting really coming into his own, getting ready. For, like they're really amping up, getting ready for Starcade. Uh, the Hennig stuff is about to happen. Uh, I don't know. It's it's a big era. It's hard not to give extra points for that with everything. So it is what it is. Well, you it's have to have the you have to have the minimal shows to get to the big shows. Okay, I mean, like I I learned that. You're not, gonna get to, you're not gonna get to one of the huge shows with like a bunch of ten, like five, ten star shows. You know what I mean? Yeah. So well, you have to give her that. It is a little weird that, and I'm wondering, did they know this was gonna be the last clash because they didn't mention that once? No, no, they didn't. no. I don't think they knew. It just ended yeah. up being the last clash because Thunder would take over. Yeah, because they never talked about it they never treated it as such hogan wasn't there you'd figure he would have made more of an effort to be there if this was the last one uh they didn't have any big blowout no retrospectives nothing like that so yeah that would lead me to believe they had no idea it just kind of happened so i don't know uh kind of sucks that uh, this isn't technically the last clash of the champions it's the last clash of the champions for wcw the actual company that you know it belonged to. So, Technically, it belonged to the NWA, which morphed into WCW. Though you could say it was, mm, yeah, it it was all kind of the same entity that became what it was. WWE just bought it out. It's like, hot, it's ours now, and we'll use the name, you know, for a pay per view, whatever. I, I will say I like the WWE is using the name still. I think that's pretty cool because um, it's got the nostalgia value to it. 
Night of Champions was cool, whatever, but I like that they're using Clash of the Champions. There's, you know, I, I'm I'm not always a sucker for nostalgia, but sometimes, you know, stuff like that is, is cool to me. I just hope they get War Games back. Well, the main roster, I should say. Yeah, it's cool in NXT, um, but yeah, if it's on the main roster, it'd be, it'd be cool to see how they would do that um, on a big pay-per-view. But yeah, man, we got another show coming up this week. I know we went kind of long on this one, but there was a lot of news. Uh, I was surprised about how much there was actually here to talk about, but it was a post-pay-per-view uh, show. I was surprised that they had a clash coming right out of a pay-per-view, but here we are. And then uh, next, or excuse me, this Friday, we're coming to you with uh, the 100th Nitro. This Friday, it's WCW Nitro from August 4th, 1997. It is the night that Lex Luger takes on Hollywood Hogan for the WCW World Heavyweight title in the main event. It's a three-hour Nitro. They do it up big. Uh, I'm in the process of watching it now. I haven't finished it yet. So, But 97 was a big year. You picked oh, yeah, my phone, my favorite. Yeah, years that end in seven uh, are usually pretty good. So, uh, August uh, August 31st, I'm excited for that one, though. We're finishing out this month strong. We're bringing you WWE SummerSlam 2002 for its 20-year anniversary. This is quite possibly one the of the greatest of all time. Yeah. Well, it's, although, uh, although this year stepped up and might have gotten its face. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the SummerSlam 2002 card is, if it's not the best, it's... It, it's got a, a a stake to claim, so definitely up there. Uh, September September's looking pretty decent. It's it's going to be a lot of interesting shows. Not all of them are like, oh my gosh, it's such an amazing show. But there will be not plenty all, to talk about. Not all first round picks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, there there will be interesting stuff. I tried to spread it around, so we're not going to be hovering around ninety seven. Uh, September, I'm kind of, we're all over the map in 90, in, uh, in September. So uh, I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's cool with like this, uh, there is a lot to cover a variety of news and stuff. So I like that, but it's also cool to branch out. So September changing it up a bit. Thank you for joining me today, Greg. Mm-hmm. And we will see you all on Friday for WCW Nitro from August 4th, 1997 for the bonus episode. And next Wednesday for WWE SummerSlam 2002. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.